This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey people, this is uh, Tom Jacobs, your invisible pal from tdjacobs.com. And this is uh, The Soul's Journey, another another um, uh insightful astrology episode i just um i just figured out during the intro why i was inspired to do this show today uh, it's called karmic echoes colon uh what do you fear and it just kind of materialized out of uh, out of nowhere this afternoon i mean i work a lot with people's past life fears and my own stuff to to learn how to consciously navigate what is uncomfortable and you know not like everyone's a superhero when it comes to diving into fear but it's important to make sure that we are living our lives as we choose to now instead of repeating the fears from the past. So I want to talk about how fears from different lives, when they imprint us, can actually show up in other lives on the Earth timeline. The reason that um, that I was uh, apparently was inspired to do this is because uh, it's just a couple hours until retro Saturn, the, the sextile between Pluto and Saturn, uh, is exact. So this is coming up, you know, this stuff. And also, uh, yesterday we had uh, Moon conjunct Pluto and Capricorn, and it was sextile Chiron, Venus, and retro Mercury in Pisces. So there was this uh, kind of a similar thing while with the trine to the Saturn and Scorpio. But the um, mutual reception of Saturn and Scorpio and Pluto and Capricorn creates a um, a conversation, you know, that can last months because of the the speed at which they move, and Saturn moving in and out of this, uh, you know, exact sextile. So that's what we're doing today, talking about um, essentially, you know, if I kind of skip ahead a little bit, I can say that where we give our power to our fears. And going into this afternoon, there were about seven topics I could have picked, and then suddenly I picked that one. So, so that's what we're that's what we're doing today. Let me tell you about. Uh, the next uh, full moon call uh, with Ascended Master Jehudi, it's going to be dot, 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 just a little suspense just for you because I want to keep you on your toes. Tuesday, uh, the 26th at 6.15 p.m. Pacific. If you're in Tucson, I'm doing uh, this event on the phone and in Tucson. So if you're, if you're you know, somewhere else on the world, call in. Uh, for this uh, this healing opportunity, it's a, a chance to, to reset things for the month and get energy work done and clear your field, clear your consciousness so you can be more present. And if you're in Tucson, I'm doing this in my living room as well through my meetup group called Shift, and you can go to meetup.com and look that up. And um, whether in person or on the phone, there's a sliding scale donation of 10 to 25 bucks. It's pretty manageable. And you get the recording, you get the MP3 afterwards, and you can use it whenever you want to focus on the themes. It's a Libra full moon. So the sun's in Aries and moon's in Libra. So you're talking about the big giant flashlight in the sky in Aries showing us something about 
uh, independence, uh, passion, instinct, action, assertiveness, uh, being opposed by the moon, this uh, marker of feeling and sensation and sometimes conscience, um, the kind of like the inner voice of wisdom that comes forward and says, but wait a minute, what about this? That's in Libra, the sign of working together, consensus, and building, you know, building bridges and making sure that communication is open. So the course correction will be with the Libra, the Libra moon itself, uh, bringing something into the full light of awareness. And we, what we do is we release energies that don't work for us through a series of affirmations that the Ascended Master Jehudi, uh, aka Thoth, uh, Merlin, and Saint Germain give us. So that is uh, Tuesday, uh, March 26th at 6.15 uh, p.m. Pacific. And so uh, I hope you can join me for that. You can go to tdjacobs.com forward slash time to uh, see the calendar entry and register for that. I will be taking your calls today during the show. The number will be or is 877-230-3062. I'll give that to you one more time. 877-230-3062. Feel free to call in at any time. Don't wait till the last three minutes because then the, the pressure's on and, uh, you know, I'm sitting here sweating and tearing my hair out trying to get all those last words in. And so call in earlier in the show. And uh, what I want to do, though, I want you to call in. To, I want to talk about fears. And I'm asking you to be uh, brave and bold and to call in and say, you know, this is a fear I have. Whether it's uh, something that you're conscious of or, well, you'd have to be conscious of it. Whether it's something you are, um, uh, you know, communicating about with others or willing to admit normally or whether you're not. Um, I'm inviting you to step up and be brave, and uh, let's see where this fear might fall in the karmic story for you. That's my goal today, is to help you uh, get to the bottom of some of some fear that you carry. Then I want to show you how to, you know, once it comes into conscious awareness, what to do with it then. The whole thing with the fear bits is that we don't want to deal with them. We're afraid, but we don't know how to move through fear. And this is uh, incredibly important to to talk about and to share with people. It is the focus of my practice. And when you call in today, you'll get three or four minutes, you know, worth of a of a reading about that. Um, but it'll be, you know, you get a full hour when you call me for a session, which I recommend you do if uh, if the show appeals to you. The vast majority of people are run by their fears. I mean, it's not always obvious. It's not always obvious because we are making choices that steer us in this direction or that direction. But oftentimes, when we're really honest with ourselves, what that what's really happening is that we are trying to avoid these three things, so we choose these two other things. That's really prevalent. Um, as a lot of these fears that we'll end up talking about today do relate to Pluto, and Pluto is uh, unconscious. You, so you don't quite know what it is, but you can look at the patterns in your life but what you have chosen and see if you can fill in the gaps or create a create a photo negative, so to speak, of those choices. Say, well, is it possible that I continually choose, you know, DEF so I can avoid ABC? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, are you a creative person who's stuck in an office? You know, or are you a, you know, an office person who's stuck in some form of creativity? <laughs> you know, what uh, kind of relationships do you have? You know, how do you relate to your family? What kind of foods do you eat or not eat? All these things can be based on deep things in our in our energy fields, our emotional fields, that we are trying to avoid triggering and stimulating. 
but I think that um, I think, as I say uh, several times here, it's incredibly important to do that to look, you know, fear in the eye as much as we can, you know, as much as uh, is possible. Uh, given the fact that we are humans that need time to process things and that we are tender, vulnerable creatures who can't do everything all at once. But to be willing to look, to be willing to name a fear is incredibly important. In the context of uh, the Saturn and Pluto and mutual reception, Saturn is this planet of bringing a reality check and it's in the sign of learning about strength and power and intensity and the, the, the sign that Scorpio has this method of digging below the surface to find out what's really happening. And when you're really doing Scorpio well, uh, you might ask a question and you might get an answer, but then it's not enough because you have to know what's behind that. So it's a sign of digging. Pluto is in Capricorn. Pluto is the planet of the, you know, needing to bring the subconscious up, needing to bring, you know, what is under the surface up, the subtext, making it all text. And that's happening through the sign of becoming mature, becoming responsible. That's Capricorn, you know, learning about sacrifice, learning about how to structure things. Saturn would be the impulse to structure, but Capricorn is the, the, the kind of course of learning where you actually learn to structure things. So they're in mutual reception. They're having a conversation because they rule, each rules the sign that the other is transiting in. And they're in sextile. I'll encourage you to get the uh, Saturn and Scorpio uh, MP3 uh, that I produced a few months ago. It tells the entire story about this. It's about maybe just under two hours of um, really kind of um, intense look at an evolutionary perspective on, you know, the almost three years of Saturn's transit through Scorpio, including, including retrograde periods. And uh, that's available through tdjacobs.com uh, from the store page slash store.html. And um, it, it also talks a lot about the, um, the themes, the psychological and emotional energetic themes that, ha- that get brought up when, when those two archetypes meet each other. It's especially important now because they're in you know, not just mutual reception, but the sextile is in play. A sextile is all about triggering things. So Saturn and Scorpio is about getting to the bottom of where you might have uh, denied your authority through surrendering your power, basically giving away your ability to make decisions for yourself or to set boundaries or to work towards something that works best for you in a mature, conscious way. And uh, the, the, the sextile to Pluto, it's being triggered by this need for the question, who's the boss in my world, to come up from under the surface. And you have to hear all these different parts of yourself that have things to say. When you talk about these two archetypes together, you know, ruled by Pluto, ruled by Saturn, Capricorn, Scorpio, there is heaviness, there is edginess. You know, you hear the title of the show, What Do You Fear? And some people might be like, well, I was certainly not calling in tonight because we don't want to go into that territory, but we we need to. It's important uh, for growth. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's just very interesting to me uh, as I work with people who, I mean, everybody carries past life fears in, uh, but to observe how uh, fears can actually uh, can, you know lead to our choices, and this is cr- you know recreating karma, like manifesting the beliefs that we carry, and I define karma as beliefs. Essentially, something happens to you, and you make a decision about what it means. Because you make a decision about what it means, there's kind of like a 
a, a vibratory signal attached to the file in your in your consciousness about this kind of situation or this event. And so you're emitting a signal. This is why it happened. Well, it comes to you again. You reinforce why it happened, and you have karma. So if something painful happens to me and I don't make a decision about what it means, then I'm not generating karma. So in one sense, to talk about karmic echoes, every single thing that happens to you that's difficult presents you the opportunity to stay present so that you cannot recreate the past. Think about that for a minute. If you're present, you have the opportunity to avoid recreating the painful past. The uh, saints and sages of various traditions, you know, looking at their icons or their photographs or hearing what the kinds of things that they uh, speak about and, and, and counsel the rest of us to uh, to work toward, there's this, uh, you know, compassionate awareness. There's this uh, loving uh, way of approaching life, but it's also presence. And when you're responding in the moment to what is actually happening, given who you are, who you've created yourself to be, who you are headed towards being, like what you're unfolding about your life. And then when you can see the uh, tendency to have a knee-jerk reaction in order to avoid recreating pain that fits with the kind of uh, pain from the past or you know, either, either is a repeat or is similar, uh, you have the opportunity constantly to stay present versus repeating something from the past. I'm going to invite you to call in with your own questions about fears you may carry. And you can use a fake first name. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Even if I know you, I won't say, oh, Sue, you're actually um, uh, Joanne. I get it. Uh, no worries. The number is 877-230-3062. 877-230-3062. And my intention with this is to, uh, to give you the opportunity to uh, see how to turn a fear around and learn to work with it in more conscious ways. Yet recently I was working with somebody who had something uh, in a class well up, and um, I believe it was a feeling that, that she had been aware of, but it, um, it just absolutely filled her, and tears started coming, and I think she was caught off guard. And um, I led her during the class uh, on that process of standing up within that feeling, letting it be what it is. And I think um, one of the things she had she had mentioned is that you know she was coming from a, a I mean she's a fully functional you know responsible mature adult she was coming from a family system where maybe feelings weren't really people weren't really in touch with feelings or weren't talking about them so this sudden moment where this thing rushed to the surface probably presented some fear for her because you know she hasn't she hadn't been trained when she was younger how to open that heart and honor it and the class was actually about opening the heart and as we're talking this thing got triggered this. Uh, thing in her field. So uh, we're actually going to take uh, the first break now, but stick with me on the soul's journey. My name is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com.
way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book, Jehudi Speaks, offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. Hi, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs, uh, your host from tdjacobs.com. And today I'm talking about karmic echoes, uh, what do you fear, and inviting you to call in uh, to talk about what you fear. And I'm going to give you some tips on how to stay with it and look beyond, uh, you know, repeating the past and, and staying present with it, uh, looking at these things that come up that we try to avoid because we're not sure what to do with them. And we do have one caller. Her name is Barbara. Let me give you her data before I welcome her on. Uh, November 16th, 1947, 6.35 p.m. in St. Louis, Missouri. I'll give that to you again. November 16th, 1947, 6.35 p.m. in St. Louis, Missouri. Barbara, are you there? Hello, Barbara. Okay, maybe she's not here. So um, so her question was about fears about money. So I'll just jump right in. And if she happens to, to get reconnected, then uh, then we'll have her on. You know, we'll bring her in. The first thing um, I see about uh, Barbara's chart, there are actually several things to talk about with uh, fears about money. One is that, um, you know, natal Pluto is in, uh, well, is with uh, Saturn. It's in Leo in the third house. It's conjunct uh, Saturn and by extension Mars. And um, and actually the asteroid Persephone, asteroid 399. And... Um, Pluto conjunct Saturn says the soul's empowerment journey has to do with becoming an authority figure, essentially taking charge of one's life. And if there's any kind of hesitation to be, be firmly Plutonian and unashamed about who one is and you know really letting the truth come out, then the Saturn component with it can lead to problems with authority figures. So so this, you know, and, and authority figures can be doorkeepers for our ability to succeed. So that's kind of one angle that I'm looking at here. Um, the next angle is the south node in the sixth house in its conjunct sun. South node's at a 23 Scorpio in the sixth, and the sun is uh, pretty much right there, uh, not even a half degree away. And the south node in the sixth can actually have us uh, conditioned over time to uh, not be sure that we get to uh, uh, have equal rights with everybody else, 
This is the house of learning through inequality. In the sixth house, we seek to learn humility, but sometimes we can be humiliated. So I'm, I'm inviting Barbara to, to check out if, you know, whatever feelings of being less than or small might persist in, uh, in her field as far as beliefs about how she might not be able to get out of limiting circumstances would be the, would be the key. When we live in the sixth house, we need to be of service, but we actually need to learn that we have choice about where our energies go. Karmically speaking, we often don't have a choice. I used this example the other day with somebody, uh, with a student of mine actually, whose son is in the sixth house. Uh, and I, I said to her, you know, the, the power of Pluto and Virgo, this was the part of the lesson we were doing, uh, is about they have to serve. This whole generation has to serve, but they have, many of them have yet to learn that they have the choice about where to serve. And I used the example of, you know, um, somebody who is in slavery at some part of the timeline. That person doesn't wake up and say, you know what, I'd really rather not take care of these animals today. It's not, you know, when they live in the sixth house, we tend to feel locked into doing things. So oftentimes against our will in different ways. So, so Barbara, that's going to be, that's going to be a, um, a something to look at. And also with the south and in Scorpio, the idea of being overpowered and with the sun there, overpowered by someone else, who takes up an incredible amount of space. Essentially, there's a huge invitation here for you to develop a healthy sense of ego, saying, I have the right to shine. I have the right to say yes and no to things. I have the right to be of service or have the need to be of service, but I also have the right to um, make decisions about where my energies are going to go. North Node and Taurus, you know, Taurus is uh, actually often thought of to be about money, second house Venus, Taurus, but it's really about our value system and how we turn that turn that into resources uh, through developing skills, putting a price on those skills, and then uh, you know bringing resources as we perform those skills. But the North is in the twelfth house, so this is about learning to trust life, learning to flow with. Uh, the ebb and flow of um, cosmic consciousness. And these are nice phrases, nice new age phrases. <laughs> um, but what that really means is learning to work with natural law. That's actually another nice little new age phrase. But what that means is, <laughs> kind of having fun here, but but um, I use that word, that phrase all the time, natural law. What it means is that learning how the universe really, really works. For example, learning that if she has a, you know, Barbara, if you have a sixth house fear of taking up space or being big or, or having, you know, having equality in your life or, or having the right to step outside of, you know, modes of work and service that don't work for you. Um, you know, if you have those fears, you block what life is actually trying to offer you. And when we have those fears about money and being small or less than or trapped, right, or humiliated sometimes, that's a, you know, we sometimes set out to learn humility, but sometimes we find ourselves humiliated in the sixth house. Then, um, you know, those beliefs um, are what you're generating. So, as I look at this, actually, your progressed moon is right on that north node right now. It's within a degree away. So, it's time for you to um, explore trusting life, making the, the decision that while you must stay active, which is a sun in the sixth and a south node in the sixth deal, uh, you actually must. Uh, Stay open to allowing life to support you. So I'm going to recommend uh, the affirmation for you. I am always supported. Uh, I am always loved. I'm always taken care of. But understanding that you have to you have to work as well, but align your efforts with uh, what's really true for you. This is a signature, actually, of um, you know the universe trying to get you 
to open up to hear your higher self, your soul, your spirit guides. It's in Taurus, which means you have to actually slow down in order to be able to hear that. So while your sun's in Scorpio, you have to do Scorpio, but Scorpio is also the south node, and it's important for you not to get caught up in the drama of the daily routine, Scorpio in the sixth house. Taurus in the twelfth is slowing down, really intentionally clearing your mind and clearing the uh, the, the uh, linear logical mind of the to-do list and uh, letting life speak to you. So if you have animals, explore meditation through looking into their eyes and letting them kind of send you information. Uh, go out into nature and learn how to sit still. <laughs> you know, have that, you know, you have that amazing, uh, third house here with, uh, Persephone, Pluto, Saturn, and Mars, which, you know, in Leo in the third, right? Fire sign, air house. You're going to want to be on the go. But, and Uranus and Gemini, you know, right on the ascendant in the first. So, but it's going to be important for you to learn how to sit still and you can receive guidance. You can receive, you know, actual, you know, impulses from the universe messages that you are actually supported, but you have to be willing to be supported. So I'm going to uh, recommend that to you. And then the last thing to tell you is transiting Pluto, uh, conjunct your moon in the seventh in Capricorn and squaring your Neptune in Libra in the fifth and of course transiting Uranus squaring the moon and opposing the Neptune so all these uh, things that have been written about the Pluto-Uranus squares between 2012 and 2015 every single one of those seven squares in those three-year period uh, is going to affect you directly and the moon in the seventh might be looking for security in the form of somebody else being in charge of something Moon and Capricorn in the seventh. And you have to take it back now. You have to make the decision to be in charge of yourself. And squaring the Neptune in the fifth, you actually will have, um, you know, part of your way of being includes flowing with creative impulses. Now it's time to reclaim that. Pluto squaring this says, your creativity is part of the solution for owning what you may be expecting others to do for you in the seventh house. So, for example, this would be a signature of, you know, let's say that um, some structure that you felt very comfortable with regarding money ended because of somebody making a decision that seemed against your will. That is a painful situation, right? And for some people, that could be being fired or downsized or transferred to a place that doesn't work for them and they have to leave, something like that. But um, something about becoming your own authority figure and calling back any energy you have, uh, you have given up. And uh, in, in waiting for someone to care for you, and in the process, trusting your own ins- inspiration and your own creativity. Neptune and Libra in the fifth is kind of a classic uh, signature for creativity if you're willing to flow with it and trust it. Um, and the last thing, actually, the last, last, last thing would be that Neptune, you know, is uh, implicated in the twelfth house. They're associated, and so uh, just recognizing because your n- North Node's in the twelfth, you know, that Neptunian process of flowing with your own creativity. Might not be the easiest thing, but I'm encouraging you strongly to do that. So, uh, Barbara, thank you so much for for your question. I certainly hope that was helpful. And um, and if you want to talk more about that, you can call me for a reading. Uh, I'm certainly happy to to help you with that. And then we have another another caller, uh, Beverly. Beverly, are you there? Hello. Hi, Beverly. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Let me give people your birth data so they can. Um, kind of see your chart as we go. This is May 6th, 1953, and 2.30 p.m. is the time. My gosh, I feel Mercury retrograding like in my brain as we speak. Okay, Uh, in Duluth, Minnesota. I'm going to repeat that for everybody. May 6th, 
1953, 2.30 p.m. in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. So great. And what's your question, Beverly? I have a terrible problem with procrastination. Okay. And I, I think part of it is fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, for you, I, I want to frame it in terms of goals. Okay. Yeah, goals and planning ahead and looking for, you know, looking. That's what I want to start with your Pluto in the 11th house, the house of goals. And um, Pluto, you know, this, if you're not familiar with how I do this, Pluto for me represents what the soul sets out that the person becomes strong through doing. Mm-hmm. But since but since people tie strength to material reality, you know, like my money, my status, my um, my relationship, my home, my possessions, you know, when those things change, our power leaves us. So in in the house of goals, it's also the house of uh, groups and friends and networks, and then sometimes like politics and clubs and things like this. So so for you, you in many lives seek empowerment through setting a goal, and then finding other people to work with in order to create to, to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, that you're trying to do. Most people with Pluto in the 11th, however, don't want to be involved in groups. You know what I mean? Like they, it's uh, like, yeah, the fight. Yeah, it's a fight. Right, right, right. Well, so I'd love for you to come out of it being a fight because um, this says that not only do you have um, a gift to give within a group, which is the gift of honesty and transformation through your own unique input, Leo, your own unique uh, thumbprint and signature, but also the group has amazing gift to give you uh, if you're open to it. But, but you've had some experiences being, um, you know, basically, you know, all the fingers in the room being pointed and saying, oh, you want to know what the problem is? This one, she's the problem. That's kind of what's happened. You've mm-hmm. spoken your truth. Okay. So that's one thing, but, but it, it translates into goals because you know, you just instinctively know with this Pluto in this house that you can't get anything done without working with people, but you can't really work with people. So what are you going to do? Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfectly. Okay. Perfectly. So I'd love for you to rewrite your history in this life when you've had difficult fight experiences or being pushed out or blamed for something in a group. And, and a group can actually be a family, by the way, too. Say oh, if yeah. there are more than like four or five people, it can be family. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a group of 300 people or something. But, but rewrite the history and understand that they would be showing you a belief you carry that you can't be a unique individual and be part of a group because that's the core belief. So if you let yourself be willing to work with a group, but also understand you have a choice about which groups to work with. Meaning if somebody, if, if everyone in the room points their fingers at you and says, you're the problem, say, well, thanks for your time. I'm going to go find a group that actually wants to work with me. And that kind of upgrading. So that's the mm-hmm. first thing to tell you. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you do have a Taurus sun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Taurus suns don't always like to do a lot of things. You know, it's like it's the sign of the bull. You know, like I'm developing what I'm doing and I'm going to stand in it forever. And that's kind of, you know, I'm not going to budge. So, so that, that's a part of it. But, but if you can make that part of you, just be really clear about what's important and very judicious about where your energy goes, that can kind of turn that around. And then um, the last thing that's actually really important, uh, actually two things. Uh, one thing is the Saturn Neptune in the second house. Yeah. This, yeah. You know, you know about that one. Uh, this is about your value system. And in Libra, you can actually, this is a procrastination, a lot of it, you know, that word procrastination goes with Libra. Um, 
But if you can make some, like basically, I'll invite you to go to my site, tdjacobs.com, and get a free meditation to start playing with, which it's about grounding to the earth and then doing some other steps, including opening the heart. And it helps us get centered while we're in our bodies. And do that, and at the end of that meditation, you can you can ask yourself, your higher self, your soul, your guides, you know, anybody, angels, whatever, masters, questions. And I want you to ask for your guides to support you in making in, in discerning what is most important to you to do. Yeah. What what is most important to you? Because because the, the you have different parts you're listening to, and I want you to get the grounded part that's actually pretty wise, you know, to come forward. So with that, you know, what's, what's most important? Because this is also a signature of taking the opinions of others too seriously. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, is, is, is there a book or, or a quilt or, or an art piece or a project or something that, that, would, that would, you know, that's kind of in your heart and on your mind? Or what's There's the kind art. of... There's it's art. It's art. It's art. Yeah. Do you, do you have a sense of what... Uh, what the procrast like? How, what, how do you experience the procrastination? Like whenever it comes up on a day to day basis, like what is if, it? What does it sound if there's, like? <laughs> if there's something I need to do, I will do anything to avoid doing that. I can get a lot done, but not the thing that I want to do. Got it. And that takes me to the last thing I was going to mention, which is Chiron for you. Huh. Yeah, in the house of the heart and family. And um, if, if you're not familiar, just to kind of give you the headlines on how I do the Chiron thing, when, when well, we're, we're extremely sensitive to the reactions of other people to us in this part of life. And for you, it's family. So I think, you know, if you need to do something, you'll avoid it. Basically, there's going to be like a three-week old infant inside you, like an inner kid who just happens to be very, very young who's waiting for love, waiting yeah. for support and validation. Yeah. I, okay. I was the fifth child. Yes. Yes. And then my brother was born when I was four years old. Yes. So I don't remember in, ever being held and loved. So you have to do that for yourself now. Basically, what I'd love for you to do is to make a list when you get off the phone mm-hmm. uh, of... What you, and that's one thing, but there are going to be other things too. Make a list of what you wish your family or your parents had done for you or been for you. This is the Chiron process for everybody, by the way, everybody who's listening. Make a list of what you wish they would have done and then make a firm, grounded decision. Again, I recommend that meditation, MP3, the free one. And make a firm decision that you're going to give it to yourself. Thank you. You're welcome. That and that and oh, ooh, 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 here's a good one. Uh, the other thing could be you if you're if you feel this way. Since I'm I'm hearing the Neptune and Libra creativity thing with you, <laughs> and uh, so like if this resonates with you, because uh, I've recommended this to a number of clients, and kind of like I am kind of hooked into your guides just a little bit, and they're kind of nudging me to at least suggest it at minimum. But um, uh, doing a guided meditation where you uh, go into the house where you grew up, but nobody is there, nobody's home, but you are in the room where you would uh, have been as a baby in a crib or in a bed. And you go up to that you, and you look at yourself. And you tell her, I'm going to be the right kind of parent for you. I know that you don't feel loved. I know that you don't feel held and supported. 
And if you want, you can pick her up or you can just talk to her. But basically making that contact, you do it in, in the imagination space, you're doing it energetically and emotionally because that part of you exists. So Thank you. Com- compassion, you're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Thank Thanks you for so calling much. in. You're welcome. Take care. Yeah, a little a little Chiron action for you. Didn't didn't expect that. You know, you never know when Chiron inner infants are going to, you know, assert themselves. But um, but but for you know for Beverly the procrastination as we looked at those different chart signatures, and this is actually how I work with clients in general. You know, saying yeah, well, you know, she has a Taurus sun, so you know, there's a there's a maybe conservative or not wanting to rush into anything and. Yeah, okay, great. And then I look at uh, all these other things too, um, but then as I explain this, the Saturn-Neptune thing in the second for her and the, you know, procrastination or that, that thing about the, the, the going back and forth and perhaps absorbing the opinions of others, then she said something that made me go straight to that Chiron. And it kind of, um, I don't remember exactly what she said, um, because I was kind of listening on multiple levels. I don't remember the words, but it struck this chord of, my foundation, my needs aren't being met in my foundation, and I had gotten that intuitive fit to go on the to go on the Chiron uh, before I talked about the Neptune Saturn. But yeah, yeah. So it's an organic way of doing the chart and finding out you know what's happening where. Well, so I'm going to take uh, take a second break and uh, stick with me, and uh, I'll give you the number when we call when we come back. But uh, inviting you to call in and talk about fears, and I'll give you some tips on how to work around them. But, but uh, stick with me. Wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book, Jehudi Speaks, offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. Uh, my name today is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. 
And uh, I actually I want to uh, stick with Beverly's chart actually, though she's already hung up and that's fine. I want to just talk about um, what I, you know, the the karmic the karmic fears of what happens and how that gets imprinted in the field with those two things, uh, the Pluto in the eleventh, and then actually the quincunx to Chiron in the fourth. Not focusing so much on. The, the quincunx, but just they are in aspect to each other. So the Chiron actually brings up a karmic thing in addition to a thing on the personality level. But just talking about that idea of groups, and, and uh, you know, she did identify with the the idea of the fight. You know, she she used that word. It's a fight in groups. So what ends up happening is, you know, Leo in the eleventh, she might need to set herself apart within a group. Right? Leo's about, um, you know. Being unique and also being seen as unique. And it's about performing the experience of being you. Think about the natural tension of opposites with Leo and the 11th, right? Because Leo is associated with the 5th house, not the 11th. So for her, she's got to be in a group, but then she will she will stand up and she will say, this is what's true about my experience of this group. And you know, people in the group will say, why are you doing that? And then she will say, because it's important to me to be honest about my experience. And they will say, but this is a group. Who do you think you are? Now, if in that moment, this is just something that will happen in a bunch of different lives, in a bunch of different contexts for her. And sometimes it's like a political thing. Other times it's like a knitting circle, a book club, a, a schoolroom, a classroom, a family, all these different contexts. Um, you know, some kind of service organization that's a club you know, uh, these service organizations. But um, if she doesn't believe anything about it, then it's not karma, and it doesn't show up everywhere and get repeated constantly. But the pain of that, you know, feeling pushed out or ignored or another thing that's actually painful with this is, is simply having the voice, the individual voice, not be heard, you know, feeling lost in a crowd, and that might actually have arisen in some life for Beverly of you know needing to get loud, the perception of needing to get loud in order to be heard. And then other people say, well, that's ugly loud behavior, Pluto and Leo. So different ways it can come up. But basically, if she makes a decision about what it means, then it gets stored in her field, a belief attached to an emotion. And the energy of the emotion cannot then go and come and come and go. It is actually locked in place. In uh, The Soul's Journey 2, Emotional Archaeology, I describe it to the workshop participants where I bring alive these concepts of changing karma and looking at past lives and, and understanding the soul's journey in a chart. Uh, like all the concepts are in The Soul's Journey 1, and then I did a, uh, an intensive workshop in Soul's Journey 2, and seven people went through this process with me. Um, but if she makes well, – I talk about it being a bubble that has a sticker on it. And the bubble's just kind of floating around in your field and it comes to the surface and it's like, you know, the, the emotional resonance, like the energetic resonance has to do with the experience, the feeling comes to the surface. Oh, rejection within a group and that thing rises to the surface and immediately the belief pops in her head. Oh, I can't speak out and belong. All right, that could be one belief. You know, I'll leave it to Beverly to to kind of parse that out and work with it, but you know, and, and maybe change some words or streamline it. But the basic idea is, when she makes a decision about what it means, that becomes karma. If I if she thinks, well, I mean, maybe, I mean, if this is the thought, maybe I shouldn't speak up in a group. Like that's kind of a wondering, right? That's kind of a question. That's not a firm belief until an affirmative. 
you know, asserted, assertion is made, it's not karma. It doesn't become karma. Um, so in this work that I do, changing beliefs is incredibly important. Let me, let me give you the number one more time uh, in case uh, more, out, more of you out there want to call in. It's 877-230-3062. So when Beverly in some other life finds herself in a group, part of her will be on edge because she's carrying this belief, this this you know sticker on this bubble, this emotion that's out of place, that's not flowing, and it's traveling around her field. So she's broadcasting, I can't speak up and belong. So what happens? She speaks up, and the people around her have been magnetized to her to reflect the belief she's already carrying. Now, Oftentimes, I call this the show Karmic Echoes because our most painful experiences tend to be uh, sourced in a different life and then they repeat now. You can have an experience in some life when you're 55 years old and it can be painful, maybe the first of its kind. Maybe it's a situation like this where she stood up and told the truth in a group context and people you know, shunned her or shamed her, something like this. You know, um, And then – in some other life that actually because we are multidimensional because you know our consciousnesses exist outside time because consciousness is attached to soul right and our our ability to be in touch with all of these lives simultaneously has to do with our level of identity you know that's why i make this joke on a number of shows the last few weeks you know hi i today i believe my name is tom jacobs blah 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 you know it's because this who do i think i am and I've been connecting more and more with multidimensional consciousness, which is my own soul's consciousness. So my identity as Tom Jacobs starts to shift. But anyway, um, you know, the the broadcast of the belief can start vibrating in some other life when she's five years old. In the life where the really super serious formative thing happened that she might, you know, when she's an adult getting a, a regression about and, and healing about, you know, in some other life it can pop up when she's very, very young. And that is obviously confusing. So this happens, you know, in preschool or kindergarten. And, uh, you know, a group of kids, uh, maybe, maybe a clique, maybe not, you know, maybe they're usually together, maybe not, but they laugh at her for something, for being different, for being unique, Pluto and Leo being unique, you know, having a different opinion or having an opinion actually. And, um, you know, so then she has this emotional scarring from when she's five years old in school. Now, you know, and kind of this, this question gets begged, well, well, how far do you take this and when do you stop? Because if it's all multidimensional, there's no one starting place. And that's kind of the point. There's no one starting place. When you're dealing with a difficult emotional thing that, that comes up as a karmic echo, a karmic repeat of, um, I'm re-experiencing something. I know I've experienced this before. You know, when that comes up, again, you always have the opportunity to change your mind about why it's happening. So are you going to give in to the thing you think it means or are you going to get grounded, sink cords into the earth, clear your field, open your heart, you know, basically demote your mind from being dictator for life and move into your heart and so that you can access the wisdom of your whole being, including your body? And make a decision to be present 
And I mean, I'll tell you, I've, I've mentioned a couple times on the show, I'm working on The Soul's Journey 3. Uh, the subtitle is A Case Study, and it's all about me. It kind of freaks me out to even think about the fact that I've written this book. Uh, it's, in this, it's in the editing process now. It freaks me out because as I work on it, I relive the stories I'm writing about. So I'm sharing with you my chart data, which I don't usually do. Uh, I don't usually give my chart data out. Sometimes the student or a client uh, will say, hey, I'm curious, you know, you share it. And I say, yeah, just don't tell anybody. And, you know, sent that out maybe a couple dozen times uh, over the last seven or eight years. But, um, yeah, I'm going into, you know, I think it's 15 or 16 chapters of, of getting into uh, the chart to, to look at these things. Uh, and really, um, it's kind of revealing, but I think it's very useful. And now, as I process these things, I move a little bit beyond them, which is part of the point of the book, to demonstrate how to work with parts and integrate them so they're not – so their fears and they're reading the past. We have another caller, and this is uh, Debbie. And Debbie, are you there? Yes. How are you? Hi, Debbie. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Now, let me uh, give everybody your birth data. Uh, this is uh, August 13th, uh, 1967. Correct. August 13th. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11.40 p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay, just have to type it in. Do, do, do. I feel, I feel, I feel the retrograde. 11, oh, yeah. between 11.30 and 11.45. But we don't okay, know. So we'll, okay, so yeah, we'll just pick 11.40. That sounds okay. good. Thank you. And then the city is uh, Thessal- Thessaloniki, which is yeah. T-H-E-S-S-A-L-O-N. I-K-I, Thessaloniki. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So let me just put your chart up. And, um, okay, so what's your question, please? Um, I was wondering, like, how my fear could be related to romance or career, whatever you pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, actually, there's a theme that's kind of similar that, that links them. And it's, um, your, it's about your fifth house. Pluto's in the fifth house. And uh, and Pluto is uh, in a stellium, which means that it's next to some other bodies. They're all conjunct. And we have Uranus, uh, the asteroid Juno, and the planet Venus. So uh, so these are all together. So I can't, for instance, talk to your relationship thing, Venus, without these other three in there. So we're going to talk about them all together. Um, and you know, because of career stuff, this says that that one of the most important things for you is to uh, be creative to be a unique individual and to express yourself in some way. It might not be what we think of as creativity, but you're in unique process, you know, sharing your gift, your own personal thing. Um, so Pluto's there. So, you know, Pluto in the fifth also does relate to karmic experiences about romance. So, um, you know, Pluto, I'll just kind of, I'm kind of all over the place, but let me just focus on this for a second. Pluto conjunct Venus this is actually something that I have that I write about extensively in this book. Um, Pluto conjunct Venus says, you know, you crave intense relationships, but you need other people to transform and grow. So there's a, a tremendous emphasis put on relationship with people with Pluto and Pluto and Venus together. The karmic thing here, the thing that will pop up for you in many, many lives is the element of choice. So basically you have you have lovers in some lives that you shouldn't be with for longer than a few weeks or months or a year. But you might stay with them because of a deep bonded connection. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right, because I'm in a yeah. long-distance relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've been together long-distance for about five years. Okay. 
Okay. And does that work for you? Does that uh, long well, distance it's, thing? It works, but I have to take it to a new level or let go. So I'm okay. a little stuck. Okay. Well, that's the other thing is letting go is really hard with this. Because, you know, the Venus gets attached. You know, Venus is the how we relate to each other, but that gets attached to this deep under-the-surface need, which can, you know, in, in, you know, when it goes too far, it's obsession and compulsion and clinginess. You know, Pluto can be that way. But, but in this sense, you have a karmic need to bond with people, but you have an even more important, oh. like deeply, but you have a more important karmic need to make sure that you're not ever stuck. And the other detail is Venus is retrograde, so the choice of partner. And the why you're in a certain relationship is everything here. But but this because this is about the fifth house, it's also about your creative juices in general. You know, your passion will feed who you are in the world. You know, not that there's a link between fifth and tenth house, but you know, that's a that's an element here of a, you know, it's important to it's important to look at. But I actually the other thing about career, let me just kind of change gears if that's okay. Um your Saturn is being activated by the Pluto and Uranus squares. And so Pluto and Capricorn is squaring your Saturn in the house of goals. And, you know, we, we look to the 10th house and Saturn to, you know, sometimes talk about career and, and things. And um, you're actually being asked to change your goals to things that better suit you. And this would have to do with being more alive, feeling like you're working with the right people and in the right directions, so that's why I say there's kind of a link here between the, the romance thing, the right people for the right reasons, for the right durations and the right directions, and the, and the work thing. There's kind, of a, uh, there's kind of a thing that's tied together with these two things. Does, all, does that make sense to you? It does. And I was yeah. wondering, with the romance thing, yeah. would you be able to tell through the houses and all the um, astro- astrology if this is the right decision to make, with, to go forward? Well, you are the only person who can answer that. And I tell you, when people ask me to ask their spirit guides or the Ascended Master that, the, you know, these beings who are outside the, the space-time thing, who are wise and offer us insights, they don't answer questions like that. They want you to trust your instinct and your gut and your heart and your mind. They want you to trust. So for you, I'm, invite, I'm inviting you to look at what the doubts might be about making one decision or the other, because that's a huge Virgo thing is doubting. You know, uh, look at what those doubts are, but then feel into your heart, sense into your heart what is the right thing. Not the thing that might be the easiest or might be the most comfortable or the least complicated, but what is that right thing? And for you to, to, to really get to that place will be vibrating that Venus-Pluto uh, in, in the sign of choice you know, in a really good place. So nobody can answer that but you. I mean, you can call psychics and they'll tell you yes or no, but like as far as the spiritual beings that I work with, they won't answer that. Because mm-hmm. you need to get to the place where you trust your own decisions. But that's part of the healing here, you know, trusting the choices that you make. And understand. And the, and the last thing I'll say about this because we're running out of time is that the, um, you know, getting to the place where you are in touch with your heart, you can let it guide you. You know, the heart is a simple yes or no instrument. It's like a, a circuit on a, you know, a simple circuit, a heater, you know, thermostat, on or off, open or closed. And when something opens you, you should walk towards it. When something makes you constrict, you should walk away. And if you if you really get into that wisdom of the heart, it'll tell you everything you need to know all the time. So that's the invitation: is to get out of your head with this and back into your heart and clean up those things. Correct. Okay. Thank you so Great. much. Great. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Take care, Debbie. And uh, thanks everybody for joining me for the Soul's Journey. And um, 
uh, yeah, this has been this has been a good time talking about fears and how to work with them and overcome them. Um, check out the next uh, Jehudi call, uh, the full moon uh, in Libra call on uh, Tuesday, March 26th at 6.15 Pacific. If you're in Tucson at my home uh, through Shift, the meetup group, and um, otherwise, uh, otherwise over the phone. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.